Welcome to Full of Words, the podcast where Sue and CJ explore the power of language and effective communication to drive business success. Join us for practical insights and thoughtful discussions as we explore compelling book writing and persuasive copywriting strategies while having a few laughs along the way. Hello and welcome to the Full of Words podcast. Thanks for coming back to listen to us. This is episode eight. Can you believe, Sue? We've done eight episodes. I can't even seven. This is the eight. Hey, thank you. Glad you're counting. I'm Jay and you're Sue. Sue Kennedy, you are a book coach. That's right, isn't it? Yes, last time I checked. And I am a copywriter and Sue and I together get together and we talk about words basically, which is why the podcast is called Full of Words. We love to talk about words and we love to talk about it from the perspective of business and how to succeed in business or publishing, publishing your book. And so today we're going to speak to Sue, thinking about your audience or your reader, having your reader in mind and how important it is to have your reader in mind when you're writing your book. So I guess with that introduction, maybe we can get stuck into that. Is it important to have your reader in mind when you're writing a book? Definitely. Thank you for that introduction, CJ. Uh, Yes. Definitely important because if you're writing a story that is not going to resonate with your audience, then they're not going to read it, are they? It's the same and I'm going to use it. I use it all the time. The analogy of if the book's about dogs and the audience is, you know, cat lovers, then they're not really going to want to pick that book off the shelf and, and purchase it. So you need to really keep that in mind and that it makes sense too. It needs to be something that connects with the reader, whether that be So for a business book, is that a book that is going to help them in some way, whether that is depending on what business, of course, that you're in, say it's fitness. So is the book actually going to help them get fit? What kind of book is it? Is it like a workbook or is it just more about telling them the how they could perhaps set up their routine so that they can become fit and healthy? So making sure that you understand who that reader is so that you're actually targeting the correct person for your book. So again, it's not going to fly off the shelf if it's not going to resonate with who your intended audience is. So I guess, I mean, that's one of the very first questions I always ask my clients with copywriting when they say, can you write a blog about frogs or something? I don't know. Who is going to be reading this? Is it about the care of frogs? Is it about new species of frogs? Is it about the colour of frogs? (laughs) You need to understand what you're writing about and who you're talking to. So is that the same process you would go through? So you've had your idea for your book, but then you need to make some decisions perhaps about the structure or the the specific content based on the reader? A bit of both, really, because it still needs to, of course, be your voice, your story. But you do need to make sure that what you are writing is actually going to be helpful to the reader. So, of course, the very first thing, and I'm guessing this is the same for you in copywriting, what's the end goal of whatever you're writing for them or whatever book you're writing? What's the end goal of your book? And when you know that, then you need to, of course, figure out, well, if that's the end goal, have I got an audience for that goal? That's really interesting. Yeah. Is there someone there that is actually going to want to read this? 
Yeah, and that makes sense in terms of, like you say, with copywriting, it's always to sell something. That's the specific art of copywriting is to help people understand a product or service so that they can buy it, which kind of comes into play with a book, doesn't it? It's not all about getting people to buy it, but where's that sort of balance between what you want to write and what your audience or what you think your audience wants to read? So I think the important thing, and we sort of talked about this last week, is that people want to know about you. So they want to know your story because they resonate. And I think I mentioned the lady that had the, wrote the book about her child with cerebral palsy. So again, that's a book that's going to help people that have got in similar situations or the same situation where they have a child with cerebral palsy and they feel completely alone. So the way she wrote the book was she pretty much told the story of her daughter's life and, of course, how the whole family were impacted by day-to-day living with that and was sharing things, you know, like the different things that they, I suppose, milestones, like different milestones that they got to. And so to me, I found that quite interesting myself because I thought, wow, okay, that's really interesting that you get to there, you think you're okay, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, there's another block or something. There's something else, another hurdle you have to jump over. And I thought, wow, and I really loved the way she explained how they got across that. So I thought that was really good from a reader's perspective that they could go, oh, my goodness, we didn't think of that. We will try that now because we didn't know that that was a possibility. Yeah. So working with her, because you helped her write that book. Yes. Did she come with that idea that she wanted to help people or she just wanted to get the information out? Initially, I think it was just to get the information out and just to be able to remember her daughters and honour her daughter's life in a book. But then in the end, it was like, wow, yeah, this is actually going to be able to help other people. And so we then just sort of massaged it a bit so that it did end up with the content being able to actually help the targeted reader of that kind of book. Okay. So from what I'm hearing there as well is that you may not necessarily know who you want to have your reader as your reader at the start of the project. You might have an idea but not really sure where it's going to go. Exactly, yeah. And that's the thing, And like, again, I think we've mentioned it, like once you start writing, and we do, the main thing is, again, is to just do that brain dump and then picking out the goal from there. And also what happens when you do the brain dump, you also think, well, actually I don't really want that in there, but, oh, I do want that. And then when you start to mould that into one, you start seeing a bigger picture of where you want that to go and what needs to maybe perhaps come in and maybe some other things that may need to go out. So hopefully that answers that question. Yeah, and that's probably suggests as to why it does take some time to write a book because you need some periods of reflection, I suppose, so you can get that overview as well. Definitely, yeah, because you don't, we've mentioned that before and it's the same with what you do. You don't just sit there and just like, write it all out and go, yep, that's it, all done. No, unfortunately, it's not not that easy. (laughs) I wish it was that easy, but it's not. So, yeah, because there's a lot. And I suppose as you're going through the process and when you're working with someone like me as, as a book coach, we talk about different things. When you bump up against different things, we discuss that. And a lot of things come from that that you had forgotten about even. 
then you sort of go, oh, hang on, that actually would be really beneficial and we should add that in. So it's helpful. It just made me think too. I was just thinking while you were saying that, surely this is why no one ever writes a book on their own. And then I thought, well, people do. So you published authors, they have a whole team around them, don't they? Like if you've got somebody who's writing a book and they've got a publisher attached to them, they send it off to an editor and they get feedback and they get all sorts of suggestions and ideas. I've heard somebody recently talking about an idea that they had that they were told wasn't a good idea by a publisher. And that really kind of destroyed their enthusiasm and they shelved the project. I thought, yeah, that's sad. So it's not all about the money and getting that approval from the publisher type thing, but it really requires some form of reflection from other people to create a good book from the sound of it. Yes, definitely. You do need to get lots of feedback. When you first write it, I mean, yes, you need to read it yourself and make sure that it flows and it makes sense even. And it's not going to be the finished product once you finish, you know, you put that pen down or press that last save on the file on the computer. Then even get your friends and family to have a look. But you definitely need a professional to proofread and edit it because even the best authors out there and the most famous ones have got mistakes in them. They just do. And we're only human. Like even when it goes through all those processes, you still find mistakes because, again, we're human and it can happen. But the more you can look at it, more eyes that can look over it, the better. Yeah, I was just going to make a joke about chat GPT. (laughs) It doesn't get things wrong. But it probably does, doesn't it? Because it's pulling from human words. Exactly, because it's just sourcing the internet and what's on the internet. And so if it picks up the rubbish, because there is still some rubbish out there, of course. I mean, Google does a great job of culling that, but they more than a full-time job to do that. Gotcha. So if we were to think then about an audience for your book, what books have you helped people write and the audience for them, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask is what are common audiences for books that you've worked on? Yeah, well, I mean, for that lady that we were talking about, of course, anyone that's, not anyone, but people that have got children with cerebral palsy between 20 and 35-year-olds, predominantly probably women would read a book like that. There would be some men that would read it. Could be, no, no, I shouldn't say that because it could be a single dad. So it could be a male, but predominantly it would be women. So for that book, yeah, that's who would be that target. For instance, the other lady we have mentioned her in a previous episode was she wrote the book about being locked out of Queensland. So predominantly that is, of course, the audience would be the people that were affected by that lockout and their family and friends but then it goes wider than that because then it also people have purchased that book to send to relevant authorities sort of say excuse me but do you realize that this is the impact your decisions have made and of course it's also going to be a great book for the younger generation it's going to be go down in like history of something that should never ever have happened well let alone in the world, but in Australia, it should never have happened. And fingers crossed, getting into those readers' hands, they will stop that. So the younger generation can stop that from happening ever again. Yeah, I think it will be a really interesting topic for people to look back on. So do you think knowing your audience then changes the way that you would write? Look a little bit, but I would try and keep it as much your voice as possible. 
because they're interested in the story, of course, but they're interested to hear your voice and from your perspective. Because, yeah, and when you do target that correct audience, they're going to resonate with you. When that person that is the ideal reader, they're going to love that book. So you just need to make sure that just work out again, what is the end goal for the book? And depending on what type of book it is, yeah, who is the audience for that? So it's not something you need to necessarily, like you don't need to change your style or adjust. You just need to be aware of and make some modifications that might be more suitable for the type of reader you've got. Exactly. Like, for instance, my very first book was on anxiety and depression. So I wrote that more to help myself, but I also then thought, hang on a minute, what if I can actually write this to help others? So I adjusted it so that I could then help others. Why I did that was, did of course, I did research anyway because I didn't completely understand what was going on. So I did that to understand it, but then I put in links. So if people needed someone to speak to or didn't know where to go to, I put links in there so they could then access that information. So that that was how I adjusted my book to help my audience. Okay, yeah. So I can see definitely there's the parallels between copywriting again and writing a book that if you have an idea of who you're speaking to or who you want to get advantage from your book to understand or to get something out of your book, then you've got to think about the ways which you can communicate with them that they will understand, as you say, and resonate with. Yes, exactly right. Cool. Okay. Well, I think that's probably covered the topic for today. I think so. Yeah. It's short, sharp and sweet. Yeah. It's probably one of those things with copywriting, I would ask that right at the start, perhaps with your process it would be a bit further in or perhaps once the outline of the book is defined rather than because copywriting is short generally shorter projects I think you wouldn't really want to or need to clearly define that until you had an idea of what it is you were really writing about I think perhaps exactly yeah it is something that you would come up with the idea first do the outline but in that process figuring out what the end goal is is important because you might have a wonderful idea and yeah you start writing it or get to the end and go well even know who my audience is yeah is it actually going to reach anyone so yeah it is important to try and figure it out closer to the front than yeah (laughs) as you say you can have the best idea in the world but if it's not getting into the hands of the people who need to read it or will benefit from it then it's not doing any good further beyond you having written it but in saying that and I think we mentioned that off air, but we'll bring it on air, is that it could be just a book that you want to write just for yourself or for your family. So I get a lot of people that want to just write their family history. So that's normally just family and friends. However, I tend to disagree because I say that I find people's stories fascinating. So not be my story, but I love to be able to read that and go, wow, that actually happened to that person or that family. And I just find it very interesting. So, yeah, there is that side of the coin. There's probably a bit more of interest in that with the shows like Who Do You Think You Are and things like that on TV now where where you get all sorts of interesting stories of people in their past. Exactly, and people love it. Like a lot of people say, well, who would want to read that story of my family? You would be surprised how many people would be interested. A lot of people. 
Yeah, as you say, it might just be something you're doing for yourself and your family and that's perfectly okay too. That's still knowing who your audience is and who your target is and you're defining it for them. Exactly. And for that one is like there's people that go, oh, I don't know if I want to write that in there because my kids would not be happy if they knew that. So, you know, you might have to take some bits out. (laughs) So you do need to know who your audience is, even if it is, whether your children would be happy to hear that side of your life. (laughs) That sounds intriguing. I want to know what was left out now. (laughs) I have to have an epilogue later once everyone's died. To be released once my children have passed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that's been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Because we've been following that same sort of topic, next week we're going to be talking to me about target markets in your copy. So that will be the same sorts of information, but really when I'm doing the copywriting, it's very clearly defined down to often the ages and what they're doing, whether they like coffee, things like that. So, but we yeah. can talk about how many children, how many dogs, yeah. cats, parents, three children. Like. Yeah. My daughter always says, how can you have point three of a child? It's an average. Don't worry. Yep. Nope. Sounds very good. I'm looking forward to that. And thank you for interviewing me today. As always. (laughs) And thank you, listeners, for listening and tuning in again. Let us know if you're finding these useful. Now we've done eight. So we're going to keep on going unless you tell us to stop. (laughs) Hopefully, no one (laughs) tell us to stop. We want to keep going. Yes, we do. We love doing this. All right. So thanks once again. And we'll hopefully connect with you next week. I'm CJ or Catherine James, and this is Sue Kennedy. Thank you, and looking forward to seeing you next week, CJ. All right, see you then. And to the listeners, thank you. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Full of Words. We hope you've gained valuable insights and enjoyed the journey with us. Keep honing your communication skills for success and join us next time for more exploration of the power of language in business.